Bones are amazing things. They hold us up. They support us. They make us strong. But bones have other uses. In the past, bones were thrown by diviners, seeking out the mysteries of the future. Now the bones are cubes, made of plastic or resin. But they still reveal things to us, as they fall from our fingers and rattle across the table. The story becomes clear. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater, an RPG actual play podcast. Welcome to Bone Thrower's Theater for this commentary episode. My name is Aaron, and I usually play Sam Falouche. This is Jeff, and I usually play Jair Lamb. This is Johnny, and I occasionally play Chime North. And this is Jeremy, usually playing Julian Illix. And I am Jordan, and I typically cause trouble. Always. So, trouble. I thought it was a pretty good kickoff for the second season of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think so. It definitely... It wasn't nearly as emotional for Chime, which I'm okay with. <laughs> well, yeah. I think it is priming the pumps uh, yeah, to is. be quite emotional for Chime. But season one started off, like, full yeah. throttle of attacking yeah. Chime's emotions. Yeah. So I'm but it was good. I mean, and by priming the pumps, I, I think... Jordan started off, and then a couple of the other characters also started off, like, really pushing mm-hmm. Chime in certain directions. But it's mostly Katari that Chime is... Creepy predator. Doesn't like her one bit. Everybody else, he's just like, yeah, okay, yeah. No. And I thought it very interesting, because Julian would have picked up on it, and I think we talked about it in there, that there was at one point, while Chime is thinking now worse of Katari... Julian's impression of Katari is on the uptick. Yeah. Because when she said, we got a some bit of intel, and then she was like, yeah, but that's coming from an elemental. And I was like, oh! And she, her being a proxy as well, so she, yeah. she's not bought in. Yeah, she's not like fully uh, brainwashed is not the term, but yeah, indoctrinated. She like, hasn't fully the all of the Kool-Aid. Yeah. She just mixes it for everybody else. Yep. I was just saying, speaking of Kool-Aid, I thought that was a good fight scene. The, as like as short as it lasted, the whole setup the in there. The setup for it was good. Yes. In the basement of... Uh, yeah, when the guy burst through the wall like Kool-Aid, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, honestly, I do think that Katari is a true believer in the Healing Hands goal. Yeah. What is the Healing Hands goal? That's a good question. That, 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 that is a good question. And that's why China doesn't like her. Because what is the goal? Yeah. We and we sort of talked Jared about this. Jared doesn't even know anymore. We sort of talked about this a little bit that and this came from Jordan talking a little bit about his theories on the council. Seems like some people in this came out in the conversation with Katari that some people have bought in to the whole idea of the council. That it's the it's the authority, whether you like it or not, okay, fine. But that that's that's the way things are. That's the way things sh- should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the best, but that's the way it is. And some people have not, obviously, or just like the council. Pfft, no. Yeah. All that to say, healing hands. They may want to use this program to do something. Firedrakes definitely want to use this program to do something. And it came out in play that I was like, well, why don't we just destroy it? It's like, well, yeah, that's a, a viable that, option. It was definitely my first thought when they were like, we got to get this program. I was like, 
Break it. Yeah. Break it now. But they, I mean, there. I think all that to say there are some people, I think, and Julian would be one of those people, that are actually kind of indifferent towards any type of government, any type of rule. It's like the council, another country, you want to take this program. That was part of what's going to be the difference. That's part of what China was saying to Qatar is, you know, if you're doing anything to better society, you're helping that government. Yeah, regardless yeah. of the government. Yeah. Theoretically, the goal yes. of the government is stability. And exactly. Without getting into politics. Whether or not you're doing what the government wants, if you're helping society, right. you're helping the government. Right. Yeah. What, I was, what I was saying is that there are probably certain, a group of, or type of person that has no, they are not going to tie themselves or align themselves with any government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are who they are. They're under the government's rule, but they're not like, oh, that's my government. It's just like, nope, this is... If it were to change hands and change ways of government, oh, well, so be it. I will will still be here doing my my thing. And I think that was also, like, the way China looks at it is, yeah, I did support the council because they're the government. Doesn't mean I like the council. Yeah, but at the same time, it's different because you're, like, destroy this thing mm-hmm. that is not the current system of government. Yes. Whereas Julian I think is like yeah, whatever. He's more focused on, well, who are the people that are instilling that mm-hmm. that government? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think is big for the Healing Hands and their desire for, for New Lock is that New Lock was created, it has a strong family tie. And that, that came from... Here. That came from the microscope. Yeah, session. that's all from microscope. Yeah, I started new lock. I was like, oh, that's familiar. Was that, was that another campaign? Was that? I know that I was the one that, that came up with the, yes, the new were. lock idea, but I don't remember what I said that it was for. Well, it's amazingly enough, I have the information right here. He's the developer of AI systems new lock, which who begins developing weapons in defense of his nation. I, for one, welcome our robot. So this is interesting from it as well. The government of North Belisara starts funding elemental ter- terrorism to undermine Marnoline. Ah. Yeah, so it's almost like they were intentionally undermining the robot overlords. Were they robot overlords? Not 100% sure on that. We just know that there is some kind of artificial intelligence that is very prevalent in Marnoline. Right. Along with that, that we have AI with no network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why this is so difficult mm-hmm. to get new lock established is yeah. because it's not like just plug it in one place and it's everywhere. Yeah. It's like you got to establish the moves in physical locations. Yep. That was kind of my desire in saying there is no over network. Yeah. Right. It's to, to make it more challenging for this world to build, basically. Yeah. 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 Now, according to Microscope, Healing Hands has always been a benefit like organization like a red cross type of thing Mm -hmm. so i think that at this point in history the um mission statement might not necessarily reflect the end goals all the time but i I do think that they have a little bit more of a humanitarian bent to them than well yeah but that was that was the idea and then when the whole rednecks near thing came out that kind of the bad light put, yeah, put a bad light on on healing the hands on cabal. and cabal on the Bosch. and they went in more to like survival mode than 
Yeah. Which is why it becomes sort of this covert, covert organization. Yeah. Rather than a humanitarian effort, just to for pure survival. Yeah. Um, and it seems like in hopes to get back to that. Yeah. So I think there was a lot of really good world building in this episode. You know, a lot of stuff happening that make makes us go, well, what's going on with the motivations here and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it came out that both the fire drakes and healing hands are after the same thing. Yeah, they both want to use the technology to overthrow the government, and it seems like either the council is aware of that, or there are maybe even military spies from another country that are that are after it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. after it as well. With the whole drop the box in the aqua rail station. I thought that was a cool scene. Yeah. Yeah, I was really going for like 1960s spy yes. thriller. Yeah. It was good. That was definitely the feel there. Yeah. 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 They had the three people walking around and then sort of whispering to each other as what they were sensing is going on. Like Julian turned around the corners like air proxy. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then Sam slipping off. Going invisible, coming back. Yeah. Yeah. It was very spy versus spy. Yeah. Turning around, walking away, got a shadow, hand with a pistol. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, like, Mission Impossible. Yeah. And and that's a hard feel to get in the game. I'm really pleased with how that came out today. I also do like the the fleshing out a little bit of what Julian's... uh, sight thing is as well because we found out that when the air proxy decided to go invisible he couldn't see the elemental either yeah that was interesting that was interesting yeah not a side effect of that invisibility spell that i thought of which is it's kind of neat also though i remember like when julian went invisible in the, the the prologue episode if i remember correctly was invisible, but Julian still saw. It wasn't invisibility; it was darkness. It yes. was in the darkness. Yeah. It wasn't, and his sight wasn't established until the scene in the sewers. Yeah, yeah. with right. Uh, right, 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 Jack, Jack, and Jack, <laughs> 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 whatever the kid's name is. Abel. Abel. I don't know what it was. Jack, Jack. But I'm, I'm picturing like you know the kid, the kid who can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> the time thing. <laughs> Abel and Alan. But Alan wasn't there. It was just Choler and Yeah, it was Choler and Abel. And that's where you first saw the whole thing. Yeah. Jack, Jack. (laughs) What's really funny is that when you described uh, Abel coming out with all all the abilities, I was like, Jack, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew exactly what you were talking about. And they were like, yeah, it was Jack, Jack and whoever else. Yeah. I'm wondering, because the invisibility thing happened after uh, Julian tried to talk to him first, and you said all he was hearing was static. I was like, that's weird. But he also said that the elemental had military training. Uh, That's true. That was the exchange with Shade. So now are they trained to avoid... Yeah, I found that interesting. It was implied that the elemental would not have been selected without the elemental being trained is what it was implied. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. That is what that sounded like. 
Which means that the elementals have a society of their own that... Yeah, is that human what? training or is that elemental training? Huh. Yeah, humans training is a good question. Elementals. elementals training. Might be something to talk to Shade about because... Yeah. And does that mean that there are elementals that are not chosen to bond proxies for whatever reason? Are there free elementals? Well, we know that there's well, there, there a lot of elementals that elementals. are forcibly bonded, that people can forcibly bond them, and that elementals that will choose to bond with people forcibly. We know that is both happen, but are the elementals, like, is there a government amongst the elementals saying, hey, you're going to go over here working in right. the military? That's a good question. I do like also the setting reference of going back to the school. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot as of dark and depressing as that was. That you was said a that g- there were bodies in there and I was like, oh this got well, that's so what, like, much like when you said we were going to the school, I'm like, okay, so did they clean out the, the school or no? No, they did not. Well, yeah, I thought, I, that's my first thought. I is they just they had all gotten out? They just got out and they just abandoned the, oh, the see, school. Oh, yeah, I knew that they all got drowned. And then when you said you open the door and there are bodies, there's one hanging in the thing, and there's watermarks all the way up the walls. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I knew they'd all drowned because when we left off that episode, it was water was starting to come into the room. And they were barricade. They were sandbagging, like sandbagging or something. Well, yeah, but I mean that doesn't. You would think that at some point mean, they would realize that if they were. But at that point, it's too late. It's already all on the water. Like if you open the door, yeah, and then the water just, comes just rushing rushes in. in. I guess so, that's what you get for hiding from a flood in the basement. Yeah. Well, they didn't know it was going to be a right. flood. They knew oh, the explosion on the outer wall. Yeah. Panic and water. they're close to the middle of the city, so they're not thinking. Yeah. Oh, this is really going to drastically affect us. Explosion at the right point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know what's really sad? Is that the water that came from the okay. into the school is probably from the treatment plant. The water plant's getting backed up more than anything else. So it's sewer water. Oh. Which even added more to that smell. Yeah. Oh. Well, and then it also goes back to the first flashback episode. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we're we're the water treatment plant. We all. We all got well, you, you kind of got that. You also kind of got that sense too, because uh, when Jer was at ground zero of the explosion, and then within seconds was halfway, halfway across the city. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, that was a huge explosion. Explosion, huge water pressure. I'm surprised it wasn't more damage than there actually was. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, that. With the school, you know, that's what my question was. When you go back to school, so did the government come in and clean out all the bodies? Obviously not. They probably had that time. Yeah. So when we say abandoned, it was abandoned by the government, not just by. Yeah, no one, no one even went in to find out what happened to these kids. Do their parents even know? Probably not. Probably not. And it could be that some of those those kids, their parents aren't even in the city. Right. They're just. Other places in North Belisera, and those kids, ball. yeah, sent to school. Sent to school <laughs> in the in the in the cap, in the capital. Yeah, I would imagine that it would be an aptitude test based type of thing, probably. But I I, I thought that was a very good tie in. Yeah, it was a lot of fun going through and finding the Easter eggs from the side shots and putting them in because, like the way that we recorded it, just to talk a little bit about the sausage. We recorded it. 
<laughs> we recorded them like we would recorded one per recording session, so we didn't sit down and record them all at once. Right, right. So, like we were, we would record it, and then we would move on to the main part of the campaign, and then we would go back and record another one, and and so on and so forth. So we spent a, like several recording sessions having to be very careful about what we said. About consequences of and there were there were there slips. Were, there are some slips. There are some, some slips. slips. There are some. It's like we started down a a rabbit, a rabbit trail, and then we're like, oh wait, we can't talk about this. <laughs> hey, oh man, I really want to talk about this. Yeah, but but so now all of those now we can talk about everything. Those yeah. restrictions are off, and so we can kind of weave these ideas back in. Yeah. So since we're all bets are off, we can talk about everything. One thing that I think could be interesting in the next uh, session, and we talked about it off mic, is because we're heading back to the base uh-huh. to find Crom Delby. And we last saw the Crom Delby, well, I mean, time has passed, Yeah. but the characters that are surrounding Crom Delby were the action heroes investigators <laughs> that we played in the, <laughs> the second side shot. Yes, so it would be uh, interesting if we come across evidence of those characters. Keystone cops as well. <laughs> what I well what I took from it obviously was what was in the box. That was the big that was the big Easter egg that, that yeah. really kicked off this season was like what do I do with what was in this box? Because yeah. I, I just kinda threw that in yeah, and you just kind of threw it in at the one shot. Yeah. But then you brought it back in this, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, it came back at the end of the first season Yeah. when Julian found yeah. the, the yeah. box. And I, mean, I thought that yeah. was so cool because when it actually happened, when we were playing, Jordan asked me what I found, and I just said, oh, yeah, in the mattress there's this box not realizing that there was the box that had already been established that was taken from crumbs. Yeah. And we had this sort of, oh my goodness, we just connected points of the story. Well, I I actually, I was flipping through my notes, and I found written in one of my notebooks that Julian has the box that Katari took. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And he had given the box back, and Katari didn't want to... It sounded like she was saying what it was, but it sounded like she didn't really want to say what it was. Yeah. yeah. It was like, and oh, it, yeah, it was this. And it sounded like Julian didn't believe her. Yeah, I, I had written down, Julian found Delby's box in Katari's safe house. Yeah. Oh, so you knew back then that it was... I knew that there was something having to do with the box, but I did not establish what it was until right. we had the break and I was able to sit down and, and put A plus B plus C together. Which might be revealing a little too much as the GM, like in terms of how things work out. But I mean, I think the other guys who have GM campaigns in the room, you you can. Well, yeah, you you got your basic. What I usually had done for Shadowrun when I would GM that, you had your basic idea, and then your the players will throw a wrench into it, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to use that." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's a matter of just build, like building off of what everybody else brings to the table. So yeah. More often than not. So that was fun. I think yeah. the most difficult part of all of it is remembering the details, which is why we take notes. It's why yeah. we take notes. It's actually why we record too. Yeah. Yes. And it's nice because sometimes I can go in and I can I can look up the notes and I can see what's going on and I can look at my old notes. Well, from the sessions, and then I can also go and say, "Hey, where um, can you find this detail in the in the audio?" And we can go from there. Like, 
how many character points somebody has because yes. they lost their character sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I played for like four sessions without it. Yeah. Hey, speaking of character sheets, do you want to do you want to go through that stuff now? Uh, we can. I think there's more to. There's more here. To, oh, to, who is Crom Delby? I mean, I know who Crom Delby is, but why? So Marnel Newlock is a Marnelene system yes. developed by Redneck's Near's father. Mm-hmm. Why does Crom Delby know so much about it that he's the only guy that has information on it? Well, I'm, I'm wondering that myself. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's actually a Marnelene spy that is in North oh. Barrel Sarah. Yeah, that or he was is part of uh, Healing Hands that may have come from Marlene. Could be a water proxy that's been No, I don't th- I don't think well cuz remember he was trying to be recruited. Yes, he was. He was so I think he is a he's probably a Marlene spy that was in the military. So he So he infiltrated the, the North Barrel military and Sim- got out and stayed over here as a something similar to like the Americans like he's been here for like 30 years he grew up in, in North Belisera as a plant. Right. Like, yeah. Hmm. The Americans was the inspiration. Yes. I just remember he had the kids. Oh, we're, we might find out what happened to the yeah, kids. Yeah, we never found out what happened to the kids. But the kids were writing anti Belisarean propaganda. They yes, they were. And in that episode, we established was that coming <laughs> from the parents? And yep. we, it could be. It could have been. He claimed it because that's how we kept him. Because that was the threat. It was like, it's yeah. either you told them to write this, or they chose to write it, and you know how that's going to end. No, no, no. It was either you confess to the bombing, oh, yeah. or yeah. we report this, Well, and also, that your kids are saying yes. Yeah, that's what it was. Crom Delby appeared all the way back in the second episode? Or the yeah, third when episode? the two of you we interviewed, him. interviewed him. Because he was, uh, he was Pre-explosion. a warrant yes. officer... Who was who worked with explosives and was a specialist on GX thirty five? Yes. So Crom Delby is a deep player in the game. He's just he's a minor character who plays a major role. Yep. That was my my yeah. question. Yeah, you're talking about how Atari didn't want to tell us what was in the box, and it wasn't until basically said until I interviewed the the uh, proxy, the fire proxy, and he thought I was troller. Ooh, I thought that was excellent. That too. was good. Uh, when you said it's like, who's that? Your voice sounds familiar. I was like, <gasps> run yeah. with it, run with it, I knew own it, it own it, it, own it. You know, I wasn't going to say I'm Choler. You know, I basically the Choler that you. Yeah. I tried to be roughly Choler would be interviewing, interrogating someone. I thought that was that was good. I'm glad you enjoyed that. There was one thing that it was good for our characters, but out of game, I was like kind of cringing about it was how freely this guy gave up information to a voice that sounded like Choler. As far as he knows, Choler's his boss. Yeah, Yeah, but he... He was also very out of it. He was out of it, but he was... He'd just been shot. He was in ice. frozen. Yeah, it... He knows that he's... Think about it this way. If his elemental had been more awake, he would have been more aware. Yeah. Yeah. But his elemental was basically asleep. And now we're talking about distinction between elemental and person. Person, and how much of that is control? That interdependency. Yeah. Like. So, what did you guys think of what Julian was doing with trying to separate the two? No, I like that the bringing the temperature of the elemental down so far. Well, or the human down so far that the elemental was basically on its own. 
if you notice, before that, Julian was the one that was spearheading the movement to try and figure out how to either kill or subdue the elemental. Because he knew that, oh yeah, we can take out this person, but the elemental right. at any point could decide to flee. And there's no way to trap them. So that's why he was trying to figure out how to trap them, if he could figure out how to trap them so they couldn't leave, maybe make more of a separation before he tried to get them to disbond. I liked the the air and water trick to make the ice. That was really cool. Yeah, which came from microscope. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Because that's how the ice age happened. Yeah. Well, they they made the ice and then they split it to split the water elemental that was trapped inside the ice. For the communication. For communication. Yeah. For the long distance communication. And that's you know when when uh, Shade said it can be you know dispersed or what was it. Oh, yeah, he dispersed, I think, was the... Yeah. Well, Julian already knew that, and I don't know if anybody else knew, picked up on that, because he said that at the end of the first season when he was talking to the fire drakes underground, underneath the statue. He said something to the effect is, no, they'll, they won't reward you or whatever, they're going to kill you, and you'll just be, you're nothing but energy to them to be dispersed. So he already had figured it out, from other elementals that he had been interrogating that their energy is dispersed. Okay. Um, but then picked up, in Julian's mind, when it, the energy is dispersed, part of that dispersion is the power goes to the other elementals that are involved with that process or whatever. So hmm. if there was a way to not disperse the energy but just to kill it, right? Well. If you notice, that was his first question. How, how do you kill it? How do you kill it? And was the response. Yeah. And then how to trap, trap it. it. You know now what Julian was doing with the drugs. We don't know. What are the things Julian? That's all the things Julian was doing with the drugs. So the, the cracking of the water elemental when it was frozen, that was different from dispersion. Yes. I believe so. I think that um, the freezing the, the water elemental and cracking it was like a, taking a diamond and dividing it into two parts. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily changing the thing that it is, but it was creating twins, essentially. Yeah. And my thing is that, like for the long-term communication for the water elemental... Almost like quantum entanglement. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how I understood the way communication works. Yeah. So with that, Julian now thinks he has discovered something. A way to, well, not fu not fully. Yeah. Because it was a different result. He may think that the death that happened wasn't a direct result of the disbonding. It may have been the body was too far gone already or the conditions it was in, it couldn't have survived. Right. Without the elemental anyway. Right. So, but it wasn't the act of disbonding that killed it. Because so far, every time it's been disbonded, it's been a violent reaction. Uh, either a tree comes out of its chest, it bursts into flames. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't really described how what happens with water or air, but just that with earth or fire, it's been violent. Like, oh, this is direct result. And I think that the reason that it was a different result this time, uh, and this will tip my hand a little bit, 
was because another elemental force was in play mm-hmm. with the ice. Right. Yeah. So th- that and that's what part of what he thinks he stumbled onto is yeah the drugs were maybe helping make the separation, but it w- wasn't subduing the elemental enough. For the elemental not to have the strength to pull the consciousness out of the person, so he's thinking the fi- the fire being frozen severely subdued the elemental to the point where it's possible for to make a cleaner separation. Right. So that's what he thinks he stumbled onto. So he's got to find a way to counteract that elemental with another element to really put the elemental at a disadvantage. It's complicated. It's complicated, but it's Julian, and he's an investigator, and he's he's going to figure it out. Yeah. Chime. You can't live the simple life that you want to live. No, I can't. really want to, but people keep dragging me deeper and deeper into trouble. I don't know who... Like storming the military base as a group. Seems like a perfectly legit Which, idea. No, this is like the worst idea ever because we have no idea where we're going. <laughs> we're just gonna go. We do. Wh- we, we have an idea. We have an idea where you're going, not how to do it. It's a big base. It is a it is a large base. We don't know what we're facing when we go there. We don't know any details other than Crom may be in one of these three buildings. And if I may point out that military bases have different levels of security when different people are allowed. Yes. And I don't think that China would have had enough security to go anywhere. Well, exactly. I know where anywhere, but he has more knowledge than probably the rest of us. Were. That's it. Yeah, so this will be fun. Yeah. This will be very fun. <laughs> you, you can know where, where a building is and not have any blue bloods actually inside of it. Right. Yeah, that's true. We gotta run a prison break with zero planning. Yes. <laughs> this is gonna work out wonderfully. And that's what that's what Chyla's trying to say is I mean, what, you have the plans here. What are our other options at this point? Right. The other the next option would be we wait until day. That seems like an even worse idea. Right. <clears throat> and then so we yeah. can get more information would be the only thing. Case the joint. Yeah. And that's part of what Chyla's trying to say to Sam is you have contacts, and we know that we know now that they were assigned to do security on the base. Yes, we know my old unit was assigned on the installation now, or somewhere in the city. So you have those. I thought it was not. No, it was, it was, I think he said on base. Yeah, we did say on base. Okay, um, and we also know that's weird because they're not the full guard duty. Yeah, you guys don't know that. No. I know that they're not usually the full guard duty. Yes. Well, I, I would know that. Delby. Possible. Or interrogate him. Yes. Possible. So, I think it's going to be fun. <laughs> like, I am really excited. Like, me is excited to see Sam and our group fail. fail. <laughs> no, because no, I think it's going to be, like, such an epic, like, either people dying left and not us, hopefully. <laughs> no, we're all going to die. Uh... Or it's going to be like this incredible prison break where we're just like, that just worked out. <laughs> I think it's going to be awesome. If one of, at least one of us don't die, then that's a really bad military. Or we're just that good. No. Or the GM's finger is squarely on the scale. <laughs> we're definitely not that good. We've proven no. that already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Collect- a couple of us collectively, I think 
at this point, collectively, we still don't work very well together. No, <laughs> no not at all. But on our own, I think we have... On our own, we could probably pull it off, but... No, I also think we have, we, we're starting to see some of the group potential between... Uh, it only took a whole season, guys. Right, yeah. and, and the same thing. For the most part, there's still aspects that we don't know about what the characters can do. Like and that, I love that conversation with uh, Sam and Julian, where Julian played it off like he had no idea what happened at the park. Oh, right, yeah, right. And he was trying to get—he was trying to figure out what they knew about what he can do. He was doing because he's—he's still at the point he doesn't want right. people to know that he can actually kill people because we don't know that, or the really Sam doesn't. Know yeah, that. we know you can talk, and also no one knows. Really, what Chunky was right. Yeah, and the that came out of the question. It's like, did you just put him to sleep? Yeah, and he said, "I guess I did." It it was it was weird because it could have just been that he fell unconscious from the cold, right? Or right. that he did actually say go to sleep. No, because it was right. It was like moments, like yeah, right seconds after, after he said, now. "Go to sleep now." He just went to sleep, and it was like. That's the first evidence that... Yeah. First visible evidence. That Chime can... What Chime, Chime is... Can is, is well, obviously... That Chime is, can do something. Is an innate. Right. Yeah, you well, know not a proxy. I know he's not a proxy. You two... Don't know anything. You haven't said anything, but he's, you, haven't, you haven't given up. Yeah. Although I've been pretty adamant about pointing out that... We are. You are, so... Yeah. And yeah. not him, so... We can infer... But yeah, I think that we're, like the characters and some of our abilities are starting to mesh as we talk. But I loved the interaction, me or Sam, Julian, and Katari, with the, where are you guys headed? Well, we were just at the police station. <laughs> and then it, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I have a contact there. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that, that worked out. <laughs> that, was, that was lucky because you just picked a random spot. On the map, <laughs> right? It was like this place is shaded, and I have no idea why this place is shaded. But we were at this place. What is this place? The police station. I have a contact there. <laughs> oh my goodness, this is gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that, that it's gonna be stuff like that that we start realizing that our characters can work together, can really mesh in, in ways like that. And um, I would like to say that that is another key point of reason for like those small little character development scenes, yeah. like. I could have just said, well, I just want to get this sort of information from some police archive or whatever, and still got the same information, but now had no contact. Right. But now that development, that relationship was built, it can come back into play later on by happenstance. And that's where trying violating his house arrest really hurts him. Because you can't go back to your therapist. I can't can't go back to any of my contacts. Right. And then also, you know, talking about this great, wonderful group unity, and then you have the GM sitting over here saying one of your players is lying to you. Okay. In-game, Julian is just going to blow that off. Because coming from the source, right. it's an elemental. Yeah. He doesn't know what he can trust in the first place. And then out of game, I personally was wondering, I was like, what is that about? And could, knowing it's the sad. only he that he could have been referring to w- would have been Chime. Chime. It's like, what would Chime be lying about? Uh-huh. Unless maybe the fire 
the, the elemental doesn't know that Sam's not a yeah. If he thought that I was Choler. Oh. Maybe if he thinks that you're Choler, then he's thinking that I'm lying to you guys about who I really am. Are you Choler? That would have been a not so. That would have okay. Been <laughs> that could be an interesting thing for what he. It might be he has no idea what he's talking about. I see yeah. the. <laughs> I see the hamster running. That's one of those things, George. Said, Let me say this and just wait for the commentary, and then they'll fill in the gaps. It's funny because it's true. <laughs> That's why you like these commentary episodes so much. <laughs> no, actually, you hit it on the head. Is that he thinks that the elemental thinks that China's lying to you about being a proxy, that he is somehow masking his ability to be a proxy. Because. When he was semi awake, he thought I was sure. Whoa, 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 I read that. I just, I just interpreted that differently than I think you guys are, and that is a game changer. So the the way it came across to me, and what you just said, is that somehow somebody might have a way to hide. Chime is hiding, and he's not an innate. He's actually a proxy. That's what the fire drakes think. Hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> that is what, literally, legit, that's in my notes. That is what the fire drakes think. Final proxy, that's news to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can roll with it. Uh, I think, da, 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 giving da. what my talent is, it's either air or water. Uh, that, that's got to be uber deception. It's got to be... Fire drakes believe that Chime is lying about being an innate. That's what Choler told them. Why would Choler think that Chime why? Because she's a jerk. Ooh. So I'll just leave that for you. I've, I have some theories, but we will leave that. Yeah, I, I love we that should. we come up with theories for our own <laughs> story. <laughs> because it's in flux. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. we don't know. Great. Everybody gets ten points. Yay! Yay. So, yeah. best role-playing. I'm going to go with uh, Chime. In that scene where, yes, I'm Choler, because I just I just think that, for one, he didn't try playing anything off, and he just rolled with the inspiration that he was given. I like that with Chime. Jared didn't really do anything this session. Uh, he called people out, though. I enjoyed yeah, I Grumpy old man. Yes, I... What was it? It was early on. It, he mm. called Katari out oh, for, yeah. for freaking out that they had to move oh. locations. It's oh, like, yeah. You're yeah. in the healing hands. Yeah. You should know about <laughs> the locations <laughs> at a mo- uh, Jer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that right there. There's nothing, like, he just came up with that completely himself. Well, <laughs> Jeff did. Yeah, yeah, so, yes. That right there for okay, me. That's fair. Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff for best role play. The least amount of role playing tonight. <laughs> well, you, but it's I not was, about quantity; it's about quality. quality. Yes. Yeah, I was out of it tonight, man. It's not even night. Nice it's not even night. Nice. Nice. <laughs> it's not even today. It's morning. It's four twenty-six in the afternoon. Oh my yeah. gosh! So point goes to Fafa. Yes. Yep. And next, we'll talk about who accomplished the most with their character. <sighs> Wasn't Sam? No, I would say Julian. Yeah, I would Julian. say Julian for that one. Because yeah. he got a, I mean, a step closer in his view to accomplishing what 
one of his goals. At least his that's what he perceives. Yes. Yes. Step he, he actually now knows a little bit more of how to experiment with yes. that thought. Yeah. Too bad he can't do it alone. Sure he can. He did it alone. <laughs> with the help of being frozen. Yeah. In Julian's mind, he did it alone. Yeah, in Julian's mind, he did. Well, it alone. I, I like that part in the in there too, because that kind of tipped the hand a little bit that Julian was heading off to do something he didn't want anybody else to know about. When he's like, handed Sam the lighter and is like, "Okay, all right, I'm gonna go question." So, oh, you need some help? You want me to come along? No, he's frozen. I got this. <laughs> and Sam was like, "Okay," because Julian is already a bit of a loner, so it's not like. Yeah, and I thought Sam was. We didn't get around to it, but I thought Sam was going to go off and, and like look up their like his buddies, her buddies, their buddies. No, so that was initial plan was the next morning. That was uh, what I was going to do. Now we got a little off track. The other thing that initially I thought Julian was going to come ask Sam why nobody was guarding the yeah, the, I thought that was and Sam was going to go kill the proxy. But somebody else took care of it instead. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, dear God. The proxy died. How did this happen? I, I, yeah, when when Julian went to check if somebody was guarding, standing watch over there, and nobody was, he's like, good. <laughs> Part of this was, like, the, the two of uh, Chime and Sam were already like, why don't we just kill him? So I was like, okay, no one's going to miss him. Julian will go ahead and, and try and experiment on this guy. And if he dies, he dies. Right. No, one, no one will miss him. Chime would be, if he knew, Chime would be furious that you let the fire elemental go. Well, tiny steps. i got to figure out Just because also how to kill them. But I can't probably do that in Yes, but it milk. was a trapped fire elemental. All right, let's move on. Let's yeah. move on. Best snack. Pancake. Oh, no. Potatoes? Oh, Probably some potatoes, stuff. they were undercooked potatoes. Yes, potatoes were undercooked. That's why they're not one in the But the bowl. eggs were, uh, were excellent. Potatoes were undercooked? Mine was. They were a little, yeah, they were a little they, too solid. They were undercooked. You may have got the one that was a uh, perfect. I must have gotten because mine was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, mine was a little crunchy. The, uh, the egg was great. Ham and onion, green yeah. pepper. My bad. vote is for the brookie. Brookie. Yes. The, that, the brownie that was cookie. Pretty, the brownie cookie. That was pretty that was pretty good. That's good. As much as I enjoyed my pancakes. Yeah. I think I had four or five squares of that. I had one and it was yeah. good. It was really good. I, I did get to try it. I, I was a bad boy and I tried everything. I had <laughs> one Dunkin' Munchkin. I had one slice of that. I slowly ate a fritter. Which I really liked the fritters. They were yeah, good. they were good. I love fritters. I tell myself they're healthy because they have apples. <laughs> <laughs> if my bariatric surgeon listens to this, she would go, Jordan, I can't believe that you ate all that sugar. And I'm like, I, it was a great day. Um, I also like the popcorn chips. Those are yeah, those were good. Yeah. surprisingly really good. Yeah, they are. The popcorn I didn't try those. They're, they're right there. You can try them. Let me try one. Are those good? Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't think they're like healthy no. still, but oh, they're no, healthier than potato chips. Yeah, they're healthier than potato chips. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like we're voting for the the brookie. The brookie. Yeah, the brookie. brookie. So Aaron gets that point. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for playing, and everybody out there in podcast land, thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this first 
episode run of the second season. One of the things that we've tried to do with Elements of War in general is push role-playing for us and experiment with the form. And I think that this is a really great way that we're doing that. So we're really excited for things that are coming. Yeah. So just keep an ear to the ground and see what comes up. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bone Thrower Theater. Our cast is Aaron, Jeff, Jeremy, Johnny, and Jordan. We are releasing this podcast under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. That means that you can share the podcast, but please do not modify it or try to gain financially from it. If you would like to visit our website, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater.com. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at bonethrowerstheater at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is at bonethrowerstheater. And also you can look us up on Facebook. And until next time, may the bones fall ever in your favor. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production.